Welcome to another great segment of The Learning Project. We are so excited about our new segment called Road Trip Training. We have a whole new series that's really hitting some great topics that our educators have really been bringing to light in our classes. Every one of our trainings in May are going to be free. Yes, I said it free. You do not want to miss this. This is an opportunity for you to grow, plan, and really see where you fit in early childhood education. I'm going to be your trainer. I hope you take this amazing ride with me and learn with Learning Project. So you're probably asking yourself, how does this all work? How do I get free STARS credits? Well, I am going to explain that to you right now. One, completely listen to the podcast, or you can listen to our YouTube clips that we have available for all of our educators. Second, you wanna go onto our Google form that will be a link in all of our podcasts, as well as under our YouTube links, and what you're going to do is you're going to fill out that Google Forum assessment. So there's lots of great information in there, lots of goodies. So once you finish that, then your information will be sent to me. You are going to be sent a certificate and then I am going to apply your credits into merit. Yes, you guys, it's that easy. It's three steps. Listen to the podcast or the YouTube podcast to do the assessment, then we will apply your SARS credits and you will get a certificate. It's that easy, you guys. We are so excited to give these free trainings to everyone. We wanna thank you so much for your support over the last year. These years have been so amazing and we wanna give back to our community. So without further ado, let's jump into this podcast and let's listen, learn, and grow together. Hello everybody, this is Stephanie Courtney with another great training from the Road Trip Training Series. You guys, I'm so excited about this one because we're going to be actually diving into parent-teacher conferences. This is something that a lot of people are probably working on right now. They're trying to put all of their content together and get ready for these conferences. Typically, most centers or in-homes, they do about two parent-teacher conferences a year. One in the fall just to meet with families and do a little bit of planning and then in the summer or spring um, they actually will meet with the families to go over a student's progress and letting them know how well they've done and how they've completed these goals and who their, their their child has become and i think that's one of the best things ever when you can like show that progress and you can actually say your little one started here and this is where they are now and I think that's a lot of, 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 of contribution to, or contribution, I don't even know what that means, but it is a word I've made up, thank you Shakespeare, um, a contribution that we have uh, made as educators to show our vision, our philosophy, what we do, how we do it in the centers that we work in or in homes we work in. And so I wanted to show you the Washington State core competencies. This is going to be on a resource page in your workbook that you can actually use to go back and refer to because a lot of times we're like, okay, what do we need to actually do as far as, you know, aligning students with 
certain standards. This is a great book to refer back to and just kind of look over different ways that you can show demonstration for a student's growth. And it's usually under child growth and development, as you can see the first one. Second one is curriculum and learning environments. The third one is ongoing measurements. Um, the next one is family and community partnerships. That's really that, again, that's where um, parent-teacher conferences come in. You're going to also hear me change the verbiage of parent-teacher conferences over to family conferences. And the reason why is because one, the term is more inclusive. Um, two, um, there are a lot of kids that actually don't live with their biological parents um, or they don't live with their parents at all. They live with their grandparent or their aunts and uncle or sister or brother. So it really gives people the feel that they are included in parent-teacher or the conference or planning process as a family. The next one that you're going to look here and see is the health, safety, and nutrition, um, interactions, program planning and development, and then we have professional development and leadership. So these credits that you are going to be going and completing throughout the road trip training piece, um, you could take all of the classes. It doesn't matter what tier, um, what part, what position you have, um, you get to take all of the courses. And so really this one is going to be focusing on child development, understanding how children acquire language, creative expression, and develop physically, cognitively, and socially. That is what your portfolio is really all about. There are some people that actually use a program that sets up all of this content so educators only have to just plug it in and that's just kind of the simple way to do it i love that um but there are some things that i don't like about it and one of the things that i don't like about it is because you don't learn certain computer skills so in this training you're going to be able to identify ways to demonstrate or show um, child growth and development um, with a student, but you're also going to learn a little bit of computer skills. And so we're going to be using Google Docs. We're also going to be looking at some different translator um, options for your family conferences, because there might be families that do not speak English. How do you connect with them? Where do you go? What do you do? So we're going to talk a little bit about that. And then we're going to also talk about a really cool resource, resource called Strengthening Family Survey. This is a great way that you can come back with your team and actually see where you guys are at as a team. Are you focusing on families and what can you do um, differently this year and make it a real goal? So without further ado, you guys, let's dive into this because I really am excited about um, this next part. All right, so let's jump into this next part here. So we have actually opened up Google Docs. It's basically like PowerPoint. The thing that I like about Google Docs is that one, it saves things automatically, you have automatic access to like anything on the internet. Um, you can do research on here. Um, I will be teaching some classes that are a little bit deeper in this context, but um, right now we're only going to go through the basics. I'm just going to show you some basic things that you can do in Google Docs. So I've created like a little picture. I put some wording. Um, I've also um, wrote the student's name. Her date of birth would go here. What um, portion of the conference is taking place? Is this in this fall or spring? 
um, teacher's name and uh, classroom. So this is super basic, you guys. I wanna go over this again, because the more you get used to doing this, this is actually going to, you're gonna get better and better and better and better. Um, and so I just want to go over content today and then we will have a class later on talking about how to. So um, first of all, I want you to take a look at this piece. This little girl's so cute. Anyways, so, <laughs> so what we have here is just the beginning of the portfolio. I think one of the things we continue to miss as a organization of early childhood educators is we do not continually go back to our mission, our vision, our goal, and about the center um, or the in-home because a lot of families, they'll come in for orientation and then they'll end up forgetting what the, the center or the in-home is all about. It helps them refocus on what your learning school vision is all about. Um, so I want you to think about those key things. What is your learning about? What is your school about? What is the vision? Next thing that I really want to highlight, and I know some people really hate this, <laughs> but who is in management? Who is the director? Who's the assistant director? Um, who um, is leading the team? Who is the face of the basic center. Um, a lot of times people may have an owner and people don't know that. Sometimes the owner doesn't want to be involved, but I really want to encourage that piece to be incorporated in the portfolios. You know, what is, who is Mr. Jones? What is about him? What's his teaching philosophy? What's his contact information? So I would really encourage you guys to set something up really simple. When you use Google, slides you can type right in here so that's really helpful if you have any typos or misspelled words do not let those things define you guys because i think a lot of times when teachers are starting off or they're just getting ready to start their portfolios i think that's one of the biggest things that hold them back because they're so um resistant to any kind of change or any kind of um new concept because they're worried about their spelling they're worried about their handwriting they're worried about the presentation look. I want to guarantee you that when you use more technology, those fears are gonna go away. There's so many different ways that an educator can actually type within these documents. Um, one of them, I want to share one of my best practices, which is using text to type. So if you have a laptop, you have your, or your phone, you can actually use that text to type to write out what you want to write out and then go back through, edit it, make sure it actually says what you say. Um, and gonna go from there. Next thing I want to encourage is the teacher. Who is the teacher? Um, if they don't know, again, if the family does not know who the educator is who's teaching their child, they're going to have a disconnect. This is where you're gonna find more problems. This is where you're gonna find more issues. Um, I also wanna encourage you guys to really do this during this time because some centers are not allowing people to come in the building because of COVID. So if that's the case, then how are they going to continually get to know who that educator is? So really the same information, where they can be contacted and what their hours are about the little ones so i put different kids in here so you're not going to see the same child every single time <laughs> um you're going to have like a little about them i think this is a lot of fun just because it allows you to interview the student and get you to get to know the student i think a portfolio is definitely about a child's progress but it also gives you a chance as an educator to slow down and to 
ask more questions about the student, about who they are, how are they feeling about things going on in class, and what do they like. Um, remember, a child cannot learn from somebody they do not like. I do not care what anybody says. If they don't like you, they're not gonna listen to you. <laughs> they're not gonna wanna come to school. Um, and so you really have to take some time to think about what your delivery is in the classroom and how are you connecting with each child in a special and unique way. Um, this handout will be available to you guys. Um, so it will allow you to take ideas and, and use them any way you want. So learning objectives. I think this is really crucial because if you have a program, it already sets up your learning objectives for your students, especially if you're using like strategies gold or any of that stuff, it already tells you what the next step is and where you need to go with that student. Um, but there also um, are Washington State guidelines that are really, actually really, really good. Um, and they will help you figure out what child development and growth looks like. So a portfolio is a, basically a collection of a child's progress. It is the hub of what that individual child has done. So it is a record of ongoing development over time. It explains the child's work in a lot of different ways. And you can do that through photos, you can do that through pictures. Um, and then also you wanna label if it's like fall, winter, or spring, so that you can see the progress of that section. So one of my favorite sections to always talk about in um, parent-teacher conferences is the writing portfolios. Um, writing portfolios are a lot of fun um, because you'll see them start off with like little squiggles and then by the end of the year, you'll see them actually writing a letter or writing their name or drawing something they like and you can actually tell what it is. So, and that depends on the class that you're in. Um, again, so I'm kind of focusing more on preschool side. So when you hear me refer to certain things, that may be what it is. Um, but also I love infant portfolios. Infant portfolios are my favorite because you literally see them just laying there doing nothing. <laughs> and then all of a sudden you see them crawling, you see them pulling themselves up. It's capturing those moments for families and allowing them to see the progress and things that we do all day. A lot of families think that we're babysitters because literally they don't see what we do okay and we're not the babysitters club right we do a lot of work and there's a lot of things that we have to consider and put in the play so that students can learn and grow and be really kindergarten ready i know there's a huge push um right now in a lot of centers for just social and emotional development and if that's what your center envisions and encompasses and embraces definitely do that there's other centers that are very more academic based um, again, I think one of the biggest things that we get into in early childhood education is we always try to say, this is better for this child and children should learn like this, or this is better than this, so we should all be doing this. One hat does not fit all. That is the beauty of early childhood education. This is probably like the last place that the government or is not, that has not regulated on a very strict logistic kind of area. Do I think it's coming? Absolutely. But right now we can choose a philosophy and build a great philosophy for students that may learn a certain way. That's the reason why I love our founding mothers and fathers of early childhood education because all of them had such drastic um, ideas about early childhood education um, during that time frame. And they allowed them to create these spaces for students and children to soar and excel and exceed. And it did not 
it did not hinder other people from creating different philosophies to help children learn because we all learn differently and we um, one hat does not fit all at all so let's uh, move on so when you are putting together your portfolios again you want to have pictures if you don't have a camera in your class that's going to make it difficult um, I always encourage people to get cameras, the little digital cameras, put them in their classroom. Um, one of the things that I think is a universal rule, typically, it's not always, but um, they always remind us not to take pictures on our phone because we don't want any confidentiality issues. We don't want those pictures being shared on social media, no matter how cute they are. Um, we don't want to make that family feel like they can't trust us because of line that we cross. I think the hardest part about early childhood education is that we spend so much time with these kids. Like they become our family and they, we really think that they are our kids, but they're not. They're not our kids. They're not our family. They're not our sisters. They're not our brothers. They are someone else's child and they have entrusted us to do right by them. And it's important for us to do what is right every single day for them and work with integrity. Meaning if somebody doesn't see you do it, it doesn't mean that it's the, it was the right thing to do. You want to make sure that you're always positioning yourself in a place of integrity and doing what is right by the family. So when we look at the information to help us um, guide instruction, I want you to think about the images that you're going to be showing. Is your classroom clean? Um, do you have random crazy stuff in the background? Are there other kids in the background? Can their faces be shown? Um, are we allowed to take pictures of those kids? Because there are some families that do not want pictures taken of their children um, due to you know legal issues, confidentiality issues. There's tons of reasons why. Um, it's always important for us to figure out different ways that we can create a portfolio to protect their confidentiality and really allow that family to see what is going on and how they're growing and developing as individuals. So when you are putting down the information um, for your portfolios, one of the things I want to encourage you to do is to figure out a filing system and figure out how you want to put the portfolios together. So some educators, they will actually do little conferences or morning meetings, or they'll have like staff meetings where they'll work together and say, hey, these are the areas we really wanna focus on as an educational team. Once they figure out what questions they wanna ask, what areas they wanna focus on, that is when the magic happens because then everybody's on the same platform and understanding of where they want their individual, where they want their students to be and be able to explore. So a portfolio is never about telling the family what the child can't do or how bad they are or how horrible they were in class last week. Portfolios and family conferences are all about sharing students' strengths and their opportunities and where you're going with their, their child in the future. This is not a time to just rain on a child behavior and make that family feel a certain way because there's certain families that are so sensitive about their child because they know that that child is ha does have a lot of issues they're having a lot of problems but they don't want to be put in a position where they're always feeling defensive or they feel sick about coming in or they don't want to talk to you because of what's going on so i want to make you aware that parent 
teacher conferences or family conferences are not about telling about how bad their child is. We are really taking this time to highlight great things that are happening in their lives at school and what they're really good at and what you think they're where they're going to grow and develop. If you need to have a conversation about a child's behavior, I would really take time to do that on a separate time or have your administrator, management coach you through that, or sometimes they will direct direct you through it. Um, it really depends on the style of the center and the parent as well, or the family. The next thing I wanna go over with you is looking at the involvement of the assessment from the child. The, the, ch the child really should be a part of the process to be able to reflect and understand their own strengths and needs. Um, they should have time to ask questions. They should have time to comment and compare things in the photos or drawings that they did. It's so much fun to have a child a part of the family conferences because it's their time to shine and it's their, your time to support them. So a lot of families, um, when they come in, typically the way it goes, a teacher educator will come in and they will talk with the family first one-on-one. -on -one. And then once they've talked with them, then they invite the student to come in to the conference. So that second part is really them guiding and leading that conference. One of the things I wanna encourage you to do is go through the portfolio with the student in class, just you and them going together and asking them, what do you wanna tell your family about your portfolio? Um, giving yourself the opportunity to talk with them and go through it. Um, putting putting some little sticky notes right on those little pieces. Maybe they get really shy when they come into the class, come into the office or wherever you guys are doing your family conferences. They might be really shy about talking sometimes. So taking quick little notes about what they said about those different pieces, I think is crucial and it's really important. Um, portfolios are a way to collaborate with the teacher, the child, the family. Um, this is a way for them to be involved with the student. So make sure that you're asking open-ended questions. That means no yes or no questions um, so that the family can be a part and they can actually tell you what they would love to see and how um, they would like to get involved. I'll never forget one of my families um, came in and they were talking to me and they were saying to me, hey, you know, I would love to um, come in and volunteer a few things with a few things with you. Um, I work at a farm and I was like, what? I didn't even know that. And we ended up collaborating during this family conference and we actually put a farmer's market on and it was so cool. It was, it was amazing because we were able to get real food from a farm and then we were able to make little signs and stuff about how much something costs. Um, and we used uh, real coins and dimes and pennies and basically the, that money, we used it to donate to different uh, a different organization. And so it just really gave back this full circle for students to be able to say, okay, I get what you're saying and this is really awesome. I love being a part of this. So let's talk about getting started with a portfolio. So a couple of things. One, you will need to get organized and contain all the students work. Some people do this digitally. 
they will take pictures and they will put their Google slides together and they will actually put all of their pictures in there. I personally love that. If you have like every Tuesday, like your Tech Tuesday, um, you work on a child's portfolio. Sometimes in the beginning, you need to start really small because you're still learning about the student. And then as you get, you know, to the, the summer or the spring, whenever you choose to do it, or spring or summer, whenever you do it, that's when you'll have more content. Um, I usually make a rule of if you can just focus on one thing, during each one thing during each month for each student that's going to be really helpful for you keeping the classroom organized keeping the portfolio organized keeping your lessons um, organized all that good stuff i also want to just add in there if you are doing an activity make sure you're making notes about what activity they did when what day was it um what did they say certain phrases you can put all of that into um their portfolio so that you can really get more of a, a live kind of portfolio so also too people use bins so they'll use like a filing system so if you're like you know what, i don't want to do that i really want to you know be able to use more of a collage method so some people like to do that and they've seen really great portfolios with that it's just a lot it's a lot of work um but you can use a filing system where you have each student's name under a file and then you put all of their content that you're going to use during those family conferences under there i want to tell you a story so i had a teacher one time long time ago um do a portfolio and I, you know, they were saying, hey, I'm doing this portfolio. I see in the front cover, I'm thinking everything's fine. And they chose to leave the center and the portfolio was not done. And it was parent teacher family conferences. And I look at this portfolio and I'm like, how are we going to put this portfolio together? And there's literally no, there's nothing here. So I want to say this much. If you're not taking your job seriously, it really hurts people, um, not only your team members, but that family when it comes to those family conferences, because they want to see that you love and you embrace those children. If you're drowning in work, if you're not sure, you're, you're confused, you're feeling behind, use your support team to help you. That is the thing about portfolios. We are supposed to be working as a group of people working together as a team to help one another do it. Um, there's some there's some centers that they get curriculum time. There's some centers they don't. Whatever time you get, make it count. Don't make excuses about why you couldn't do it and this person couldn't do this and this person couldn't do that. Don't make excuses so that you give yourself an out challenge yourself to stay on schedule and to make sure that you're doing all the things to align to the work you need to complete. It is so hard to show a child a portfolio that literally is empty and they know they did tons of work and it just makes them feel bad. And even though that person may be gone and done something else, that is your responsibility. Don't be a center hopper or a person that gets mad and like, I'm not coming back. I'm just be mature about your work that you need to complete. Because remember, at the end of the day, sometimes you are all of these, all the kids have. You know, you have these families that come in and they look all put together. 
and they may be the ones with the roughest stuff going on at home. But because they don't look like it, we do not um, act like it. So please remember to take the time to do what is right. Take the time to ask for help. And if you're not sure, people can, you can reach out to tons of people. Even if you don't want to reach out to somebody at work, there's so many different social media networks. And I know some people are like, I don't like going on social media. Let me tell you, those are networks that you can use as an educator to grow and develop yourself. So you could choose so many different ways to get help. Don't let certain things hold you back from greatness and really growing and developing as the educator you want to become. So let's keep going. So you want to also have a safe place to put these portfolios. So don't let your portfolios just be around somewhere like water and dirt and, you know, getting crushed up somewhere. Get yourself organized. Do not just throw all the stuff into a bin and say, I'll come and organize it later. You will lose them. And then you'll be like, I had everything here. I'm telling you, it's going to be an issue. So make sure that you um, are, are definitely staying organized. So portfolios, they need some illustration, they need some wording, they need to have documentation, times, dates, when things happen, okay? Um, if you don't have when things are happening or what day they're happening or how they're happening, you're not going to know what is actually taking place. This type of record keeping is called anecdotal noting. So it's like telling a story about a child's day or what they're doing within that picture. So let's jump into one of our first recording areas, gross motor skills. There's fine motor skills, social skills, cognitive skills, literacy and oral skills, communicate, uh, create, creative expression skill, skills. Sorry, I'm like blah, 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 blah. There's so many different areas that you can choose. So I want to encourage those that are really not doing portfolios or you're feeling like your portfolios are missing something, choose something each month. You could choose gross motor one month, fine motor another month, social and emotional another month, cognitive another month, literacy and oral language another month, and creative expression another month. That's one, two, three, four, five, six different ones. So that's six months. Then maybe the next six months, you do the exact same ones in that exact same order so that you can see a comparison. Um, it's totally up to you how your center wants to do it, whatever freedom they give you, but that's just an idea. I also want to encourage you guys to use like Google calendars, um, any kind of calorie, calorie, calendar system, I would encourage you to use that because that is going to help you stay organized and also the whole team stay organized when something is due. If you have due dates, you have things that you need to complete at a certain time, you're more likely going to do that. So let's jump into this first one. We have here um, children outside. So you want to take maybe a picture of different seasons um, and maybe the children climbing up and down something and talking about how this meets gross motor skills development. So I want you again to think about what is going on, what you're doing, how you're doing it, and how this picture is helping that child meet a certain standard or growth and development. So as we go on, you guys, in the assessment, we're going to go through some pictures of different areas such as gross motor, fine motor, social and emotional skills. And you're going to take those pictures and you're going to be matching them up to what 
activity they're going to be doing and how would you talk to a family about that? Or how would you let a child talk to their family about that? It's really important that we have many varieties of pictures and make sure that you have a place to store those pictures, meaning you want to take it off of that car, off of the off of the digital camera, onto the SD card, onto the computer, and making sure you're making little files so that you don't lose those pictures. So let's move on to resources. Okay, so I feel like this is one part we always miss in the portfolio is a list of resources for families. Again, there are families that are gonna be very open with us. There are going to be families that are going to tell us nothing. And then we have those families that are in between. So these are some of my favorite resources that I typically um, put on my list of resources that families can use and how they can use them, all of that stuff. And so we have Thrive Washington and Joya, which is also known as the Guild School. Um, if you know that you make that, re that, that resource list and you put it in your book, that may not apply to that child that you're working with, but you never know how that family says, oh, you know what? I actually have a friend that just is going through this and she would love this resource. We're networking as a community to help one another. But I want you to think about the students in your classroom and think about the resources that would in our community as well as online that would be extremely helpful. Um, and think about how you can create resource lists every single time you do a portfolio. I really want us to do that because we're supposed to be change agents. And how can we be change agents when we don't even know our community really well and we don't even know the resources that are out there so families can actually connect to them? So we've gone over managing a portfolio, kind of what do we need to do? One, we want to create a system for the portfolios. Two, we want to develop a plan, get that planner out. Let's get things going. When are we going to get everything done? The next part is you want to be prepared. This part is really interesting to me because I think we can get so caught up on the planning and putting everything together that we forget that we need to be prepared to actually do observation and set up different things in the classroom so students can explore with them and we can effectively observe them as they're doing certain things. So I want you to remember that you can help record observations um, throughout the room by using pre-printed labels, color coding index cards, um, mounting for uh, photos different places um, so that you can do like different anecdotal notes um, and you can organize those pieces and content in chronological order. So we're supposed to have pictures throughout our classroom. And so again, you can take pictures of the students in your classroom and use them in the classroom and use them in the different centers and really be able to say, okay, here they learn how to do this and this and this and this. And even showing a student struggling, taking a picture of a student that may not know how to put a puzzle together and then maybe take another picture later on, they're maybe taking a, a putting the puzzle together with a friend and then on the last piece, maybe they are putting a puzzle together by themselves, the same one. And so it allows them to see the progress and reminds them that we can work together as a community, as a team. And so you can get all of this information and organize it in a lot of different ways. You can arrange it through interviews, workbook samples, checklists. There's tons of different ways to organize and put all of these pieces together. 
let's um, jump in to the next slide here. So this is one of my favorite resources here for educators. I love planning and collaborating and all of that good stuff. So there is a resource called Strengthening Families. You guys probably have heard it before. These are some of the key points that are in the self-assessment Strengthening Family um, page. And the reason why I really like this is because it is a reflection of what it means to support families. During family conferences, it is crucial that we give our families the opportunity to see what their their child is doing but we also want to give them the opportunity to speak and create with the the team so that we can actually create a community we're constantly missing that piece i feel like and it sometimes it's not a lot of centers are not missing that but i feel consistently we're missing that piece so they have linking parents to organization um, organized support groups that would be a great resource page that you can set up. Um, setting aside space and time for parents to gather and talk, participate. That's something that you can actually put in your portfolio. You know, maybe you have your students plan a party for families, you know, and they come in and they can kind of set that up. But it's also asking you to do those pieces as well. Um, it depends on how big your center is, what your center vibe is like, what the environment is like. These are just some of the ones that I felt were really good and they stuck out to me. So that is the end of our presentation today for our family conferences. I want to actually show you something here. So this is the Strengthening Family Assessment Tool. I know there's a lot of different ones out here. I'm gonna share this link with you guys so that you have this resource. Take your time to go through this with your center. If you don't go through it with your center, go through it with your co-teacher or your second teacher, whatever, however way your center or your room is, is set up. The reason why I say this is because this is going to be your secret sauce when it comes to engagement and really helping create a powerful learning environment, not only for children, but for families. What is the vibe of your center? What is the feel of your center? Is it aligned with the mission and vision and system that you want to set up? Or is it just, or is it just feeling like babysitter's club? We've got to take time to dig deep, have honest conversations about where we want to go and how we want to do things. The portfolio is a collection of students' styles, what they've accomplished, their strengths, their difficulties at times. This is an opportunity for you to build strong rapport with family and to have them really participate in the learning environment in a very unique way. I want to remind you of the amazing things that you can do as a leader in your community just by saying, you know what, I think this would be great for us to look at. What are your thoughts? You know, opening up that dialogue is super important to your environment, your culture, and how you work together. If we're so focused on, you know, each other, fighting, gossiping, just being crazy people, you know how people do. Um, you know, doing those things, we're really taking the focus off of what we're trying to accomplish, which is we're trying to better our community. 
I always tell people we are absolutely the EMTs of early childhood education. We are the first responders. We just went through a very crucial place in American history, which was COVID. And many early learning centers stayed open. We stayed on the front lines because we knew that our families needed us. This is just one of the ways that we can continue to really grow, develop, and really be change agents in our community. Part of that is taking courses, getting to know child development, making sure that you're investing in yourself. Because remember, you can't pour into others if you do not pour into yourself. You can't give if you don't have. So make sure that you're pouring into yourself every single day as an educator, you guys. I want to thank you so much for joining me for this road trip training, you guys. You're going to move on to the assessment piece. Remember, you will get a certificate at the end of that assessment. Again, take all the training, take as many as you want. I'm so excited about providing these free trainings, guys. Spread the word. It's going to be going, this training is going to be going on all May. So um, once May 31st hits, it's going to be cut off. It's going to be all done. Thank you so much again. And remember, you guys are amazing. You guys are doing some great things in your life. And sometimes it just takes a little bit of push, a little bit of a conversation. And if you didn't learn anything new from this, that's okay. But I want you to think about how can I help my other co-teachers or how can I help my 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 colleagues? How can I take something from this and, and just continue to grow it and learn and develop? It's, it's amazing how many times we forget what it's like to be a first-time learner because we've been doing it for so long or we figured out a way that we're going to do it. And so I want to remind you of all of the great things that you can do for your local community and meaning your center, your in-home. You don't have to, to be a public speaker or have tons of money to make a difference. Thank you guys again, and I will see you guys soon.